You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Great, great sports weekend. We're going to talk about all of it. NHL hockey. Staying alive. Just like I told you Friday's podcast, the theme of it was staying alive. They both stayed alive. Celtics and Stars will talk all about it. Texas Rangers streak. Gambling streak on Sundays has come to an end. You would have missed out. You did miss out on $1.4 million if if they would have won and gone to the over yesterday. But they didn't. But I guarantee nobody bet it anyway. But a lot of stuff to go over, mostly in the NBA and the NHL. And we'll get to that momentarily. First off, just want to say happy Memorial Day to everybody. And if you are a former member of our military, thank you for your service. All right, let's get going. (laughs) NBA. For the last week, all I did was read you the numbers about how impossible it is to not only win down 3-0 in the NBA, because it's never happened, but even to force a seventh game. It's only happened three times. Well, it's now happened four times. Boston Celtics with just an incredible win on Saturday night in Miami to force a game seven tonight in Boston. You couldn't script it any better, and it's why I say at the end of every podcast, there's a reason. I say sports is the greatest reality show on television because as much as you like to think reality TV is real, It's absolutely not. What we're watching during these games is absolutely 100% real. Nothing about it is scripted. The Miami Heat were dead in the water with a little over three minutes left. They were down by 10. And then I don't know if you know this, but the Boston Celtics then missed nine straight shots. And Miami takes a one-point lead with three seconds left. And what happens? They missed that ninth straight shot, a three-pointer. But yet Derek White, the smallest guy on the court, I believe, follows it up and tips it in and just beats the clock. Looks like he got it in with about .2 left. There's so many things about that play that made no sense. Number one, it seemed like a Marcus Smart catch shot in and out should have taken the three seconds. I don't know if the Heat clock operator started it late or not. I went back and watched. It could have been a tick late, but that's all it takes because Derek White's tip-in happened with 0.2 seconds left. So if that clock operator doesn't start it the second Marcus Smart touches the ball, I, I don't know. It was close. He might have been off by a tick or two, but that was the difference in the game. I mean, that could be the difference between the Miami Heat going to the NBA Finals or not. Secondly, Derek White was the inbounder on that play. Go watch the replay. He throws it to Marcus Smart and then immediately just darts for the basket, which I don't know if he was expecting a pass. If he would have gotten a pass, he wouldn't have gotten a shot up off in time, and if he did, it was going to be with Bam Adebayo guarding him. But, I mean, it's not like he's an offensive rebounder. It's Derek White. But just to have the wherewithal of... I'm just going to cut here and see what happens. Maybe the ball bounces to me, and it bounces right to him. I mean, 
We talk about game of inches. You hear that all the time in sports. It's a game of inches. That's literally the game of inches. Marcus Smart could have missed that three-pointer off the back heel of the rim. If it bounces in the air, game over. Front of the rim, bounces off, game over. It literally had to bounce exactly the way it did, which was in and out and come back towards where Derek White was crashing in on for him to lay it up. Any other bounce, that game is over. And the Miami Heat are in the NBA Finals, and the ball sucks to going home. It was incredible. The other thing about that game, the Boston Celtics were 7 of 35 from three-point range. They shot less than 25% from three-point range. The Miami Heat, I believe, were 14 of 30. So they shot over 45% from three-point range. You know what's never happened in a playoff game this year? The winning team shot less than 25% from three-point range, and the losing team shot over 45% from three-point range, except for Saturday night. You can't script this stuff, people. An unbelievable game, and they've defied all the odds. Now, I know that Miami is a nine-point underdog tonight, or maybe it's eight. I know that everybody expects Boston to win because they've won three in a row, and they quote-unquote have all the momentum. But Miami had all the momentum when they had won the first three games of the series. And I don't care if the game's in the Boston Garden. It doesn't matter. I've told you this stat a thousand times, and I'll tell it to you a thousand and one. The Boston Celtics are 12-13 and 13 in their last 25 home playoff games. It's no sort of advantage where they play this game tonight. Doesn't matter. And you got to remember, last year in the Eastern Conference semifinals, these two teams went to seven games and Boston won game seven in Miami. So to say that Miami couldn't go into Boston and win a game seven is ludicrous. I don't know if they're going to, but to say they can't, it would be ridiculous. They've already won twice in Boston in this series. And no team has ever won down 3-0 in an NBA series. Yes, we talked about it Friday. For the longest time, nobody had ever beaten a one seed. The 16th seed had never beaten a one seed in the NCAA tournament. Then it happened in 2019 against Virginia, and then Fairleigh Dickinson beat Purdue in this year's tournament. So it has happened now. So maybe for the first time in NBA history, we do get a team coming back from a 3-0 deficit. I don't know. I'm not going to predict who's going to win this game tonight, but everybody that says, how does Miami bounce back from that? And there's no way they can go and win a game seven on the road, I think is very short-sighted. I think this is close. I think this is a close game with five minutes left, and at that point, it's flip a coin. It's whoever executes better down the stretch. These teams have played each other six times over the last 12 days. They know exactly what the other team is doing. They know all the other team's plays. It's just a matter of who makes shots and who plays hard. That's it. Nobody's fooling anybody. If Boston wins by 30, it's because they hit probably 15 to 23s and Miami couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. It's very possible that could happen. They could win by 30. They also could lose the game outright. But I think it's going to be close. I don't think Miami's going to roll over and die. But I have no idea who's going to win this game. To me, flip a coin. 
Sorry, I, I said um, only three teams had forced. Um, well, sorry, yeah, three teams had forced a uh, a game seven in the history of the NBA down 3-0. Teams that were up 3-0 are 151-0. and Only three teams forced a game seven. They all lost. And the three teams that did force a game seven all had to play game seven on the road. So this is the first time the team that won three in a row after being down 0-3 is at home for game seven. And hey, maybe this is the year that it happens. I brought it up at the end of last week. I said, look, if it is going to happen, maybe it will happen to the eight seed who probably shouldn't have been up 3-0 in the first place, even though they were. The eight seed over a two seed is the one that actually doesn't hold on to a 3-0 lead. So we shall see tonight. But man, what an unbelievable game. Boston fans, you must have been just because when it went in, we didn't even know if it was good. Then the referees called it good, and then we didn't know it was official until we saw the replay. Even the announcers, Stan Van Gundy, said, I don't think that's good. And then you see it in slow motion, you're like, yeah, it is. Can you imagine? And it it just got me to thinking. Just imagine back to the 80s and even early 90s. Shit, maybe even early 2000s, yeah, when there was no instant replay in the NBA. That game, a game that determined... We're either going to a game seven or this team is going to the NBA finals would have been left up to a referee review. Now, wouldn't wouldn't would have been left up, excuse me, to a referee's call. Now, the referees in in Saturday's game called it good on the floor. So they wouldn't have gotten it wrong. But could you imagine if this is the early 2000s or before replay even came to be in the NBA? What if the referees called that no good? And then you, there was no, and there's no replay in the NBA, and that ends up being, <laughs> and then we see the replay, and clearly he got it off in time, and because of that, Miami Heat gets sent to an NBA Finals when they didn't even win the game. Can you imagine the uproar? We probably had games like that back in the day. I just can't remember them off the top of my head, but shit. So people complain about replay all they want, and I do think many things are replayed. It's not that we have replay. It's just that it takes so long. Sometimes you just wonder, what are these referees looking at? We see it on the replay, and the first replay we see, oh, that's out of bounds on this guy. Or, oh, that was a three-pointer. His foot was on the line. Oh, that's not a three-pointer. Oh, his foot was behind the line. That is a three-pointer. Oh, that was a block, not a charge. And then it just takes five minutes. I have no problem with replay. I just think we need to speed it up. But... I was thinking about that on Saturday. Like, what did we do before replay? We just had to rely that some referee was going to be able to see that he got that off with 0.2 seconds left? Crazy. But, yes, you should be in favor of replay. You shouldn't be in favor of replay taking so long. And I think only certain things should be replayed. As for hockey, hey, I was wrong, and I was glad I was wrong. I said as much as I wanted the Dallas Stars to win on Saturday night, I felt like Vegas was going to come home and close them out, and this was just going to be a 4-1 series. But, man, Dallas Stars have a little fight in them. Tonight is going to be absolutely nuts. Dallas is off their rocker right now because they thought this series was over after going down 0-3 and the way Game 3 went down with Jamie Benn getting that five-minute major and game misconduct – the crap that he was taking from a lot of the fans, including myself, 
the lack of an apology, the what the hell happened, why'd you even do it? You're on your first shift of the game. It made no sense. You could have seriously injured a guy. They fall behind four to nothing. It was just like, they're not going to come back and make this a series. This is over. They've lost Jamie Benn, and they're down 0-3. And then there they are, falling behind 1-0, tying it at 1. Falling behind 2-1, tying it at 2, winning it 3-2 in overtime. Then on Saturday night, fall behind 1-0, tie it at 1. Fall behind 2-1, tie it at 2. Go ahead 3-2, end up winning 4-2. I mean, you got to say it. It's pretty crazy. But it's almost like the Dallas Stars are going to play better when their backs are against the wall. The Stars have played 18 playoff games. Six in the first round, six in the second round, and they've played six so far this series. In games one through three of the series, they are two and seven. In games four through seven, they're eight and one. (laughs) I just... They just play better from behind. It it gives most people in Dallas a heart attack. And not only were they down 0-3 and down twice in game four and come back to win, then still down 3-1 in the series, fall behind twice on the road in Vegas this past Saturday, come back to win. It'd be nice to play with a lead, guys. Let's Can we jump out to a lead? Can we go up? I mean, when, when they won the game on Saturday – four to two when they went up four to two I think they got that fourth goal with I don't know five six minutes left when they got that that was their first two goal lead of the series so it's almost like they have to be playing from behind and damn it now it's a little interesting you know winning one game was nothing winning two games just like when Boston won two games to make it four games to two I said okay now it's interesting I'm going to say the same thing for the Stars. Now it's interesting. They've got game six on their home ice. Clearly, they have to win. But these are seven one-game series is what they are. The game that happened before you has no bearing on the next game. None. And so the Dallas Stars are sitting here, and they have to win two games before the Vegas Golden Knights win one. They got two chances. Well, they have one chance tonight. And if they win it, then they get another chance. But I, I, I really the thing with the thing with this, and yeah, they fell behind 0-3, but the thing with this is the Dallas Stars have beaten they were three and zero against the Vegas Golden Knights during the regular season, and two of them were in overtime. They lost game one and game two in Vegas, both in overtime. Game three was the blowout, and then the Stars have won game four and five. The Dallas Stars have a 5-3 and three record against the Vegas Golden Knights this year. So it's not like Vegas dominates them. As I said the other day, the game that killed Dallas in the series was game two. You dominated them for 58 minutes, and then you gave up that late goal to tie it, and then Vegas got a quick goal in overtime. And that really, really hurt the stars. I don't know if that was what carried over into game three for Jamie Ben to act like a complete lunatic and get that major two minutes into the game. But when you look at it, maybe that had something to do with it because they fell behind one, nothing within the first two minutes, 71 seconds into the game, game three, they fell behind one, nothing. But ever since then, 
Or ever since that game, they have just had a renewed sense of, I don't know, confidence. Now that could all come crashing down tonight, and they lose, and the series is over. But for me, and I and I told this to my family, who are just you know we're all watching the stars. I told this to them. I said, look, we don't know what the outcome of this series is, but let's just say the outcome of this series is it does go to a game seven and Vegas wins in overtime or Vegas win, or it's a tie game with, you know, less than five minutes left in regulation and seemingly the next goal is going to win. I said, I would rather have them gotten swept than get to that point. And obviously you can never predict that. You can't, you can't already know how this series is going to end, but my gosh, if they win tonight and this goes to a game seven and they lose in heartbreaking fashion, it's like I, I, I appreciate the fight. I appreciate that they won three games and possibly pushed it to a game seven. But honestly, I would have rather have gotten blown out because that's going to be so tough to watch to come all the way back and fight like they did. Four teams and 204 chances have ever come back from an 03 deficit in hockey before. And if they were to get to that point and then lose at the end, especially in overtime, and what if it, you know, bounces off somebody's skate or a stupid penalty in their own zone? I mean, I don't know if I'm able to take it. I don't know if I'm able to take it. The other thing is that game, if there is a game seven and the Stars win tonight, game seven's Wednesday night, which one is my birthday. So now I'm going to have my Olive Garden dinner uh, a couple hours before that so I can be home and watching that game. And then the mo- next morning I leave for Vegas. So I, I don't want that. I don't want. I'm either going to be giddy just the whole Thursday morning if they happen to win a game seven, or I'm going to be miserable to start off my Vegas trip. Oh, gosh. Hawk, I'm telling you, I, I'm guessing a lot of you aren't hockey fans, and that's fine. I get it. It's the, it's the fourth largest sport of the major ones, and it's not even close. But playoff hockey is just a different animal. I'm telling you, you don't have to have a dog in this fight. You don't even have to be a hockey fan. Tune into tonight's game, and you'll feel the energy in the arena. Every shot is just like you hold your breath. Anytime someone winds up for a slap shot or anytime somebody cuts to the net and gets a centerized pass and tries to deflect it, like it is your heart skips a beat. And I'm sure tonight my heart's going to skip 100 beats watching this game. Can't wait. Game six tonight at the American Airlines Center. Stars have a chance. That's all you got to do is give yourself a chance. They didn't roll over in game four. They fought back twice in game four. They fought back twice in game five. Let's get a lead tonight, guy. Can we jump out to a lead? It'd be so much more, so much more easier to watch when they're playing with a lead. They're either tied or behind like all these games. It's driving me nuts. And finally, the Texas Rangers stat that I gave out on Friday. Of course, I give it out on Friday, and it, and it ends yesterday. But what it was was the last seven Sundays, the Texas Rangers have won the game, and it has gone over the posted total. If you started out with a $100 bet and rolled over your bet every Sunday for the last seven Sundays, you would have had $317,000 heading into yesterday's game against the Orioles. And they were plus 165 on the money line. So if they would have won the game and it would have went over nine total runs, 317000 paid $1.15 million. 
So you add that to your 317, you would have been up 1.4 million. However, it wasn't to be. Rangers lost three to two. But as I said when I gave out this stat, nobody really thinks that far ahead. Seven weeks ago, nobody would have sat there and been like, you know what? I think for the next seven Saturdays, the Texas Rangers are going to win their game and it's going to go over. And I'm just going to roll my bets over every week. <laughs> like Nobody would really think that. And let's just say they did. You might have stopped when it got to 115,000. Because when you had 115,000 after the first five weeks, are you really going to put 115,000 uh, two-team parlay on Rangers to the over the next week to get you to 317? Mm, probably not. Shit, you might have stopped at 80, you know, whatever it was, 50,000, 60,000 after four weeks. But it's just, it, those are just fun gambling stats um, to go over. I've got another one for you that I'll tell you about tomorrow. Somebody uh, that has put out on a uh, on a, one of the gambling websites predicting the Super Bowl champion, NCAA basketball champion, an NBA champion. He's one away, and it's a nice little payout. I'll tell you about that tomorrow. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please subscribe, rate, and review in Apple Podcasts. Subscribing is the easiest thing. The more subscribers you get, easier to track things that way. And the podcast is always going to be in your podcast folder, your podcast feed, whatever you want to call it, right when it uploads into the Apple Podcast system. So, do that for me. I'd really appreciate it. And remember, as we saw this past weekend, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See you.